This edition of The Standard is brought to you by the AXA Startup Angel Competition. I'm Sharma Dean Reed, founder and CEO of The Stack World, and I'm here to help you turn your business dream into reality. There are six chances to win the competition, including two top prizes of £25,000, mentoring from myself and leading UK founders, plus business insurance for a year, thanks to AXA. Go to standard.co.uk forward slash AXA Startup Angel for details on how to enter and complete your entry by the 2nd of June, 2024. Good luck. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. ES Audio. From the Evening Standard in London, I'm Rochelle Travers, and this is The Leader. Please mind the gap between the train and the platform. Transport for London might be in trouble. The Mayor of London's Transport Authority has been trying to come up with a deal with the government, and it's all on a bit of a knife edge. The hope is to maintain and upgrade the capital's transport network and stand on its own feet financially from next April. If an agreement is reached, it will be their fifth and final settlement. As Londoners wait eagerly to see what happens next, it's got many concerned that if a deal isn't made, whether TfL could be nationalised. Ross Lydell is our City Hall and Transport Editor, who spoke to me earlier, quite fittingly, from a train. Well, TfL has been going since the year 2000 when the Mayor of London was set up. And essentially, it's the transport organisation that runs the buses, the tubes and all the main roads known as the red routes. How is it funded? Well, primarily from fares, from tube fares and bus fares, and also fares from the London Overground, not the uh, commuter trains, if you like, you know, the likes of South Eastern or South West Railways that go into Waterloo or into Charing Cross, but uh, primarily the tubes and buses. And that accounts for about 75% of TfL's annual income. Extra income comes from some commercial activities such as rent for the little shops that you see in tube stations, from advertising primarily, all those uh, electronic boards you might see at Piccadilly Circus Station or at Euston Station, and also there is a substantial amount of money that comes from the government each year in grants. How much financial trouble is TfL currently in? Quite a lot right now, and it has been in a substantial amount of trouble ever since the start of the pandemic. Why has that been? Essentially because the number of people travelling and the fares income that has come from those journeys has plummeted. Back at the start of the pandemic, it seems a long time now, but back at March 2020, the government advice was, of course, to work from home, not to get on the tubes, not to get on the buses. Only really key workers were advised to use public transport or the public in general was advised to free up the buses and tubes just for key workers and also to minimise the spread of COVID. What that did was that it reduced passenger numbers uh, on TfL services as low as 5% of normal and that obviously had a catastrophic effect on TfL's finances. There is an argument to say that TfL was not in the best of financial health before the pandemic struck. It was already postponing some projects 
the likes of the Bakerloo Line extension uh, down into South London, uh, a, a cycling bridge across the Thames at Canary Wharf and various other things uh, such as Crossrail 2 were already either in mothballs or sort of heading for the long grass. So it wasn't uh, you know, in a sort of perfect situation financially, but it was in a decent situation financially before the pandemic hit. Obviously, there's the ongoing strikes at the moment. How will these be affecting things? The uh, pandemic is not the only thing that has caused TfL trouble. It's also had to cope with a whole series of strikes, primarily from the RMT union. And this is over concerns about the staff pension scheme. Uh, As part of the terms of the various bailouts that TfL has had, and we'll talk about those a little bit later, One of the conditions is that TfL is required to review its pension scheme. Basically, it costs TfL around £400 million a year in contributions to this staff pension scheme. The government thinks that's too much money going on staff pensions and that the contributions should be reduced and that the way to save money is to reduce the pension contributions rather than to axe bus routes. However, the RMT and its 10,000-odd members at TfL and on the London Underground have taken grave objection to this. Although there isn't actually a specific proposal on the table to change the pension scheme, there are great concerns among staff that their pensions will become less lucrative in the future or certainly for any new members and hence we will have another tube strike next Friday. There are also strikes happening on the National Rail Network. Now these don't relate directly to TfL but they do have a knock-on impact. For example there's going to be a strike tomorrow Saturday that's called by ASLEF, the train drivers union affecting nine rail companies across the UK. Now one of those rail companies is the London Overground so that means that on Saturday there will be no London Overground trains in London and of course no fares revenue coming to TfL from that. One of the things that's worth pointing out is that when every day there is a, if you like, a a network-wide tube strike, TfL loses about £5 million in fares income. So these strikes are very damaging to TfL simply because they can't run the trains and they can't get the passengers through the doors. Ross, just walk us through this crucial TfL deal. What's happening exactly? In terms of the details of where we are now with the deal or the bailout, Uh, that TfL is desperately seeking. It's essentially now seeking its fifth and final bailout from the government. It would like around £900 million in day-to-day revenue to get it through until the end of next March, which would essentially allow it to keep running the tube trains and the buses. And it also wants a capital deal, as it refers to, of around £3.6 billion. Now, this is for major infrastructure projects. It's, you know, to repair roads and bridges that sort of crumble and fall apart. It's to provide new signalling on the Piccadilly line, for example. We're in the ridiculous situation where TfL has ordered brand new trains for the Piccadilly line that will start to be delivered in the next few years. However, the track they will run on has a signalling system that is very old and therefore will mean you have essentially Rolls-Royce trains on a bumpy country lane and they can't run the trains quickly enough because the signalling system's not up to scratch. So these sort of big ticket items are what TfL needs funding for in addition. Uh, this is, as I say, the fifth time that it's sought emergency funding to keep going. The latest we hear is it's not likely to be sorted until early next week. Now, there had been hopes that the bailout would have been agreed at some stage this week 
uh, a government the, the government did make an offer to TfL a couple of weeks ago now sort of setting out its sort of final offer TfL went back and asked for clarification on a number of points but as with previous bailouts the sticking point is that there are a number of conditions attached by the government to this bailout and one thing we have found out is that the government wants TfL to look again at the cost of the pension scheme it also wants to make sure that any bus cuts are not blamed on the government. It's essentially telling TfL to keep service levels on the tube and on the buses the same as now, whereas Sadiq Khan has warned that if he doesn't get all the money he wants, he will have to axe a number of services, particularly on the bus network. He's earmarked 22 routes to be axed, including uh, bus routes such as the 11 and the 22 and the 14. Uh, he's also warned that up to 18% of the uh, tube network may have to be reduced. So there are big cuts coming down the line if TfL doesn't get all the funding it wants. Sadiq is trying to blame the government for it. The government, as part of the latest deal, is saying, hang on, this isn't our fault, that's your choice. Um, don't pass the blame back to us. So that's why there's such a sticking point just now. It's a complex offer from the government and also essentially both sides are trying to make sure that neither ends up with a blame uh, when it actually sort of comes out in this sort of shake-up and uh, some services are cut. Let's go to the ads. Stay there to hear more from our City Hall and Transport Editor, Ross Lydell. Whilst you're here, why not give the leader a rate and follow? Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby Podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. Welcome back. Now, what does all this mean for London passengers? Well, there is the risk that we could end up with a situation where TfL is essentially nationalised. It's obviously run as an arm's length public organisation just now run out of City Hall effectively or under the mayor's control. What could happen is that it could end up being run by the Department for Transport because essentially TfL could say that uh, they don't believe the government's going to give it enough money to keep running. It could essentially declare itself bankrupt by issuing what's known as a Section 114 notice. However, while that would be seen as a sort of the nuclear option for the mayor in trying to uh, bring things to a sort of dramatic conclusion and seek to blame the government for not funding TfL properly, what seasoned observers have said is that that would be a very bad move by the mayor because essentially he would lose control of the tubes and the buses and we wouldn't know when actually he would ever get that back. So there'd be a massive loss of control for the mayor. 
much less power. Essentially, running the transport network is his main power as mayor. So there is this sort of nightmare scenario for City Hall that TfL could be taken off its hands. Uh, could that happen? Well, it's not beyond the realms of possibility. Back in 1984, Margaret Thatcher, the then Prime Minister, did essentially take London Regional Transport off the hands of Ken Livingstone, who was then running the Greater London Council. So there is form for this. Some failing rail companies have been taken back into government control and essentially renationalised by the Department for Transport. So it could happen. Will it happen? Probably not. But, you know, if you were a betting man and had a spare five pounds... It's maybe not worth a punt, it's an outside bet. What could this all mean for Londoners? Probably mean that actually TfL would have to continue to some degree, but would have much less money to spend on services that would essentially have all the money that fares provided and it would have however much money the Department for Transport wanted to give it, which would probably be less than is currently on offer on the table. So the worry would be that we would end up with a smaller transport network, fewer services, fewer buses. Essentially, you could expect that uh, late night tubes would not run, that the service would be thinned out, that there'd be fewer bus routes. Uh, where bus routes overlap just now, that would not happen to the same degree. So you'd be standing at a bus stop for longer. You'd be getting on a more overcrowded train. The issue, of course, at the heart of this is how big does London's transport network have to be? At present, about one in five passengers, weekday passengers, have not returned to the tube network. At weekends it's different, there are fewer services already at weekends and these are busier, these are almost at 100% of pre-pandemic levels. But during the week, due largely to the work from home regime now that many follow or certainly follow for part of the week, the tubes and buses are not as busy as they were pre-pandemic. And the government is saying, well, we are not going to give public money like UK national taxpayers' money to pay you, Sadiq, to run buses that are not full. That is simply not a good way to go about business. TfL and Sadiq are saying on the other side of the argument that if they cannot run 100% service, then therefore people will not come back in good time to the TfL network. One thing, of course, is that the passenger numbers have been rising and it's potentially likely that as we move into winter and with the cost of fuel bills and the cost of heating your home, many more people may actually return to the workplace simply because they don't want to have the central heating on all day, every day. But the reality is that TfL now has to watch its pennies very carefully, hoping that by mending the pennies, the pounds will look after themselves. But for Londoners, I think we can expect a much smaller uh, transport network going forward, one that's with fewer trains, fewer buses and is a bit busier than we've experienced over the last couple of years and uh, it's certainly very difficult times ahead for the Mayor and he and his aides at TfL will be very keen to strike a deal over the next week if they possibly can. And that's it from The Leader. This podcast is back on Monday at 4pm. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season, when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers, and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. Planning for your next trip? 
Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.